Duke's mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang. This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. And this week, we're talking with Abel Ebenezer Brewing Company. I am Tim Dennis, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. Joining us today, we have Mike Frizzell, the co-founder and head brewer of Abel Ebenezer Brewing Company. We're going to talk about smoked IPAs, riots about trees, and beers influenced by history. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to dive into it a little bit, but I, I read the backstory on the brewery. That's uh, that's pretty interesting. We can't wait to talk about yeah. <laughs> Abel Ebenezer there. Is it, so. it's weird. Is it weird that I've never heard of this before? I had no idea. I thought the same about thing the when event. I read it. Yeah. Like, this sounds pretty important, but I but I haven't read it. So we'll throw that suspense out yes. there for everybody. <laughs> yes, right indeed, now. indeed. Yeah. So, Mike, how's everything going for you, man? How is how's this week been? Things are good. You know, this is the uh, best time to live in New England. So just, sure. yeah. you know, having a good time with the uh, the changing of the leaves. And, you know, it's a great time to drink some beer. This is the time of year in Georgia where it's it, it's really a crapshoot what the weather is going to be from day to day. Oh, we've, sure. had, we've had low 40s, low to mid have, 40s some yes. mornings. We had a few days it didn't break 70. And I think today we're back in the mid 80s. So it's another another one there. So, you know, take your, wear your short sleeve shirt, but take your a jacket with you. Is yeah, that sounds about right. You know, it's the kind of weather where the countdown to winter is coming. So, right. You know, people, exactly. I think, just appreciate it more. So every time you get a good day, it's just a great day. It's great time of yeah. year for oh, patio yeah. drinking. Oh, absolutely. This is, this is absolutely prime patio drinking time. I say for this time of year because this is the annual time of the grumbling from Tim. It is. Because it's yes. not actually cold yet, but yeah. Tim is very obsessed and annoyed at the prospect of it one day becoming cold outside. I'm yes. kind of known, Mike, my <laughs> hatred of, of the winter is so strong that like the first cool snap we have at the end of summer, I get irritated because I'm like, well, now it's going to get cooler. And then the night, the days are going to get shorter and then it's get colder and all of this sucks. So I'm so preoccupied with my hate of winter that I destroy. He's actually getting a little flushed right now. I'm getting a little worked up. Just talking about it. Hey, I'm right there with you. You know, I grew up in Southern California. So, you know, people ask me, how long have you lived in New England? And I just count the winters. You know, that's how you. That's right. How many. Right. How many cold, dark seasons? How many rites of passages have I been? Yes, exactly. I've made it through this. Made it through this. Brian, how's your week been, man? It's it's been pretty good. Uh, you know, I've got the day job, and I actually had some time off had a time in off, between right? projects, projects, which yeah, is yeah. 
wow, this is really nice. Like this yeah. not working thing. I like it a lot. Especially I mean, when you know that the next project is right around the corner. Yeah, that, right? that does help. Uh-huh. It does help that I know I will not actually be destitute in a few weeks sure. or months. It's so it's, it's it, it is handy. But uh, so I've continued drinking through my cellar because that's what I do. I had a Monday night garage club number four from 2016, which was a bliss maple bourbon barrel aged wee heavy beer. Uh, one of those old like 750. I think it was actually a wine bottle that had a somehow they put a, a beer cap on top of it. Fantastic. OK, four good, years good. old. Fantastic. Uh-huh. Also uh, a, a Lagunitas Willitized coffee stuff from 2018. Also very tasty. Also tasty. All right. Really nice with a cigar. I'm going to point out. I don't remember what I smoked with it, but I think that's made for cigars. So I recommend that. I've had a desire for fish and chips. So I've made my way up north to uh, Cherry Street Halcyon up in, I guess that's Alpharetta, Georgia. Alpharetta, Georgia. Yeah. yeah the northern Atlanta suburbs up and there. Sure. Between the, the fish and chips, which is fantastic, and the beer, which is always great from Cherry Street, it's just always worth going up yeah. there. So that's my big week. Okay. How about you, Tim? It sounds eventful, yeah. man. Yeah, it sounds good. Event- Mike, are you a cellar beer guy? Do you cellar beers? Uh, we don't. We've we've tried it with uh, our Burn the Ships, the smoked IPA. But sure. we're more of the, uh, you know, people at the tap room like to watch football and have a good time. So uh-huh. I, I think just the target market for us doesn't really gravitate toward the cellar beers. So we haven't really pushed it as much. Are you personally that? Or are you are you a keep cold, drink fresh kind of guy? Keep cold, okay. drink fresh. Keep, yeah. Drink them fresh, right? All right. Their yeah. beers live in the moment. Too. I'm a hoarder. I'm a hoarder, yeah. Mike. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a hoarder at all. Yeah. Okay, I call it the stellar, but it's a. Uh, yeah, I have uh, the one year uh, statute of limitations rule in my house. Okay. I'm like, if I haven't oh, yeah, touched yeah. it in a year, I don't need it. You know. Interesting. I have some that are 20 years old, so I've got oh, wow. 10, 20 years old in that. So at a certain point, it becomes valuable. Is it interesting that how few brewers really are hoarders, and how many people that aren't in the brewing industry do sure. hoard? I think there's. It's, I think it's, it's there's a trend there. There's yeah. there's something going on there. It's, what did you do, Tim? You know what? Here's something, Brian. I got some fish and chips as well, which was good stuff. Uh, also, I did, and this is so dorky that I was so excited about this. We had a new grocery store open in my town, Brian. So, <laughs> and it's it's a it's a chain from Germany that's very popular there called Lidl, L I D L, and they opened one up in my town. And they're, everybody's geeked up about it. And I'm like, you know what? All right, I got to go check this place out. So, And uh, it's one of the places that they kind of make fun of because it's like you can get a block of cheese and a belt sander, you know, at this place. So, uh, Wow, that's got range. <laughs> it does. But anyhow, I picked up some sausages. Prices are great. Food's tasty. I was so geeked up about this new bargain store. But the big news with that, the reason I'm sharing this, is they have a store brand of beer, much like Trader Joe's, and that does. And I picked up one. It's a. It's called Craft Explorers Oktoberfest Lager. And, Brian, it's pretty tasty, man. I mean, it was a $6.99 six-pack of beer. Uh, we did a little Googling and found out it's actually uh, brewed by Star Hill up in Virginia. Uh, but that was something that I did, you know, check that out. So I'm going to have to check out some of their other beers because I was impressed with the Oktoberfest. Check that out. I, I tasted that. Can't complain about it or yeah, the price. Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff, right? And also something I haven't done in, I bet, years, I went to a cigar shop and had a cigar and drank some beers at a cigar shop, which I haven't done in forever. Madness. So that was nice. That is insane. Yeah. And then we checked out a new brewery, Brian. We went to Red Top Brew House. Uh, check that out. They're, they're swamped there. They're getting their butts kicked. They were actually out of their own beer. But fortunately, they did have some guest taps on that were real nice. Really cool venue, big open patio and stuff. So we'll be yeah. back. They they mentioned to us that they upgraded the brew house so they can brew more beer and keep it on the tap there more. So we'll have to keep an eye out, Brian, and see what goes down with that. For sure. Well, Tim, I think it's time for the beers of the week. 
which are brought to you by our newest sponsor, The Nest in Kennesaw, Georgia. The Nest features 48 taps and delicious barbecue. They've got plenty of indoor seating and a large patio, so be sure to check them out. They also feature great beer events coming up in October 15th. They'll have a tap takeover with Three Taverns Craft Brewery, where they will feature five awesome beers, including Rap Shizzle, a raspberry Berliner Weiss with lime and sea salt. So we appreciate these guys supporting us. Make sure you check them out and let them know that the beer guys absolutely send the beer, about the beer you. guys. Yeah, the beer guys about you. you know, yeah. Brian, we went there one time and we had a three foot long smoked sausage. We did. They called it the longest yard. We had that. And uh, for those that are familiar with like the Belgian beer trays, the circular Belgian beer trays, yeah, that's what their large nachos comes in. Uh, and you can get them with pulled pork, pulled chicken, or whatever. But it's like a trough of nachos. You couldn't even capture that that longest yard thing on. You needed we video for it. You, you had to, you it's, had to have a flyover. Panoramic, yeah. panoramic, something like that. But yeah, good place. Thank you for supporting Beer Guys Radio. Check them out. And as far as our beers of the week, Brian uh, from Abel Ebenezer, we're actually sipping one right now. Really interesting beer. We have Burn the Ships, which is a cherry wood smoked IPA. We have that. We're going to get into also their Victory Nord Defeat. Dippa and one from one of our local boys here from Variant Brewing. We got a little snake money, oh, New yeah. England IPA that we pre gamed with and enjoyed. So we've got some great stuff going down. Brian, short on time here, but can you give us a little bit of craft beer news? What's in the news? The beer guys have the scoop. Extra, extra, read all about it. Time for headlines. Really quick, I can go over a few things. A lot of people have been wondering about the fate of, uh, fate of Dark Lord 2020. There's not going to be a party. Dark Lord is going curbside pickup. You can still get your uh, allocation of three bottles. They will be available first come, first serve, October 19th, which is basically a uh, you buy a package or two at $170, and you get three bottles, one variant, and you pick a select uh, your window to come and uh, pick it up. And uh, no parties allowed. You have to stay in your car. So it's uh, get your beers and get yeah, out of here. Exactly. That's exactly right. We also have Yingling in Hershey's Chocolate Porter. It's returning due to popular demand. Keep an eye out for that at the end of October. Look at it. And, Brian, I'm going to go with this next one. Y'all look out. Snyder's Pretzels collaborated with Captain Lawrence Brewing with a pretzel keg. A pretzel keg, Where you got yes. beer on the bottom and a thing of pretzels on the top. So check that out. It's going to be a good time for sure. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be back very soon with more from Abel Ebenezer Brewing Company. If you love beer, barbecue, and football, then The Nest in Kennesaw, Georgia is the place to get your fix. Featuring 48 taps, including unique and rare craft beers, wine, and more. Plus some of the best barbecue around. The spacious patio is a great place to catch the games this fall where you can cheer on your team while you enjoy some wings. And don't forget about the delicious pork and chicken. And my personal favorite, the nachos. Remember, for the best in craft beer and barbecue, make your home at The Nest in Kennesaw, Georgia. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you.
Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Remember, all episodes are available on demand. So if you miss the broadcast, get the podcast. Beer Guys Radio is available on all popular and unpopular podcasting apps. Now let's get back to Abel Ebenezer Brewing Company. Mike, we are enjoying one of your beers here right now, a Burn the Ships, which uh, is a Cherrywood smoked IPA. I can safely say I've never had a smoked IPA before, but uh, can you tell us about this beer? Yeah, this one was kind of an interesting experiment. When I first started Abel Ebenezer, we were, me and my business partner, Carl, we were just brewing in his garage, and he had some leftover malts lying around, and one of them was a Cherrywood smoked malt. And he came up with the idea. He's like, well, I've never had a smoked IPA before. And so we started messing around with the uh, the grain bill. And the first one was like so bad, we ended up just pouring it down the drain. We didn't even bother b- bottling it just because the, the aroma <laughs> of it, we're like, we put way too much smoke malt. And we did about eight or nine different iterations and each time cutting the smoke portion of it in half. And we eventually got to the sweet spot of where it is now. And it's only about 3% of the uh, the grist. But we thought, you know, we, we wanted something where it added a unique dimension to it, but it didn't overpower it. Like we didn't want a rouch beer or something like that. So it's a little bit heavier in caramel malt that people would say to use for uh, especially like modern day IPAs. So it's about 18% crystal. And then uh, we also use Northern Brewer and Cascade. So it has a lot of traditional components to it. So it's a more traditional tasting IPA. And then we add in the the smoke factor to it to add a little more dimension to it. Now to throw in here, and I'll let you tell the story to back this up, but there's a quote on this beer can. Yes, there is. We shall go home in Persian ships. Yeah. So uh, me and my business partner, we're we're both uh, former army officers. That's how we know each other. I'm from the West Coast and he's from uh, Maryland originally. And uh, when he got out, he got a job in a biotech company in Boston and he liked New Hampshire. So he bought a house up there. And when I got out, I went to grad school and I really got into the beer scene in San Diego. And I was looking for a foot in the door for a biotech company. So I reached out to my old buddy from the army and he was like, yeah, I'm actually thinking about starting a craft brewery, which is what, you know, I was definitely into. I just couldn't find the right people to do it with. And we ultimately decided that New Hampshire, because of the self-distribution laws there, it would be the best place to set up shop. And so we kind of joked that when, you know, I left my job and I moved across the country, I was burning my ship which is a military tactic of when you land on the beach, you burn your ship so your men can't go home. It's it's basically, it's a all or nothing. So you get the most sure. motivation yeah. out of your people if, you know, success is your only way out of the dilemma you're in, basically. When retreat is not an option, you yeah. all you can do is go forward, right? Exactly, yeah. And so it's happened numerous times in history. You know, I feel like we probably came up with a name by watching Hunt for Red October. You know, I think Sean Connery in there talks about Cortez, but um, we kind of gravitate to the Alexander the Great story. And so we put it on all the cans, but it was just something that spoke to us. And we like to have some sort of message of something that inspires us. And I think everyone in their life kind of has their own burn the ship story. So lots of times people like start their own business or they do their own, you know, whatever it is and they reference it. And it's, it's just one of those universal things that I think speaks to everyone. 
I think it's that sounds like a story that would make like a great Monty Python type sketch or something like that. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> the sailors yeah. land on the beach and they get out and the, the commanders like burn the ships are like, whoa, 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 yeah, right. what, what, what's this? Hang on, what's hang this? On. So, <laughs> hang on. They're, they're made of steel. Now, they man. don't burn very well. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> we teased earlier in the show, we were talking about kind of the the name Abel Ebenezer and where that comes from. Uh, we read the story and it's interesting and something I'd never heard of. So uh, to kind of keep a, a history flow there, can you tell us about Abel Ebenezer? Yeah. So the, the Abel part is just an adjective. So in the 1700s, there was this person from New Hampshire. He was a wealthy mill owner named Ebenezer Mudgett. And at that time, England had passed a law called the Pine Tree Law for the, the colonies saying that any pine tree over 12 inches in diameter was property of the King of England. So on our logo, you see at the base of the tree, there's a little arrow that was the King's broad arrow mark. So surveyors would go around, hatchet these trees. And if a tree was marked as property of the King, you were no longer allowed to use it to cut it down, build your home, you know, heat a fire, anything like that. It was property of the King. And so Ebenezer Mudgett, was caught with hundreds of these trees that were clearly marked for the king to build the navy. And instead of paying his fine, he he basically got a bunch of guys together over a beer at the tavern that night and convinced them that this law was, you know, and they should do something about it. So they ended up raiding the inn that the sheriff and his deputies that came to enforce the law were staying at, beat them up, and as the story make, goes, makes them wish they never heard of pine trees. And um, yeah. <laughs> I get my trees. Yeah, but actually, if you look at revolutionary war flags flown by all the militias and uh, groups during the revolution against the British, they all have pine trees on them because that was the most oppressive thing that England did to the colonies. How about that? See, and yeah, and how, I never heard that. How, how did I not hear yeah. that? I, I, I know about the tea and the well, harbor thing. Exactly. And well, stuff, the reason so, for yeah. that is everyone that lived in New Hampshire at the time, they were loggers. You know, they yeah. put down trees yeah. and all the historians and scholars lived in Boston. So you hear about Except, the tea sure. party, but, but you don't hear about the pine tree riot, which happened two years earlier. And it, it basically was the first act of civil disobedience that was done by the citizens, but then upheld by the courts in New Hampshire. When they were caught, they were, they were let go with a slap on the wrist. Crazy. So That's all fantastic. these other uprisings, they were like, well, these guys in the backwoods of New Hampshire keep getting away with it. Like, why can't we? And everyone progressively got bolder. And uh, it's funny, that story was taught to us because when we were both army officers, like I said, we uh, were training for a counterinsurgency. And they were like, all right, the war in the Middle East is a counterinsurgency. Let's start with America's first. So you really, you know, have a, a grasp of how it was done. And basically the moral of the story was these little things that happen in the backwood towns that you don't think about have a, a lasting impact and can evolve into something bigger, like the American Revolution. Sure. And like you said, at the time, it was very important to be worthy people reporting it were you know to be in boston or whatever now with with cell phones and all that it's a little easier for us to get information around but i wonder how many little stories like that there are around the country brian that we know nothing about it's this has gotten surprisingly deep for a conversation it about has. beer, beer, like yeah, beer names. Man. Yeah. Just, american <laughs> history now 
Yeah, don't feel bad. Actually, the governor of New Hampshire came to uh, give the brewery uh, a little send off when we first opened, and she had never heard of the story either. See, there you <laughs> yeah. go. I don't feel that? bad now there at we all. We feel yeah. better. We appreciate that. <laughs> so I have to ask, how much of the brewery, uh, the tap room, or the tap handles that you feature on your website are they all made from white pine, or is most of it, or any portion of it? They are. They're all made. Actually, the farmer that we give our spent grain to is an arborist on the side, and he, he has his own wood shop, and he makes the, the tap handles for us. So we give him spent grain, and he gives us blank, blank tap handles, and then we brand them in the back of the brewery. <laughs> but they're only allowed to make them from trees under 12 they should inches, they should so. text prince charles every time they do it. it's like fyi this. we're using Boom. still <laughs> we're using, using those trees still using <laughs> those trees man. yeah good stuff yeah so you had mentioned uh mike going from california to new hampshire how was that transition for you uh it's been tough you know the winters are definitely trying so I, i've learned there. to yeah. yeah i don't count how long i've been out there based on the years i just do it by the winters so that's it. That sounds like yeah. the best way. That's like I'd mentioned earlier. I don't remember if it was on the air or off the air at this time, but living in upstate New York and we were sandwiched between the Finger Lakes and the Great Lakes. So we just got hammered, you know, with the with the lake effect snow there. And at the time I was a teenager. Yeah, that's gotta be the worst place to go out. Yeah, 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 you know, we're <laughs> we're out there. We we would go skiing, skating you know, hockey and, and all of that. So it wasn't too bad, but as I've gotten older, it's a hard pass, man. It's a hard pass on that kind of weather. So well, you're listening to the beer guys radio show. We do need to take another break, but we'll be back very soon with more from Abel Ebenezer Brewery. You know, we love good beer. And Athletic Brewing makes non-alcoholic beer that stands shoulder to shoulder with their boozy brethren. With a fraction of the calories and certified organic, it's a great beer to enjoy anytime. Athletic's got new brews like Cerveza Atletica just in time for summer. Check out the full selection at athleticbrewing.com. Use code BG25 for 25% off your first order and U.S. customers get free nationwide shipping. Athletic Brewing, brew without compromise. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing, establishing a new standard in craft beer. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I want to give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates, WVMP 620 AM and 96.3 FM in Burlington, Vermont. Catch Beer Guys Radio on WVMT every Saturday at 1 p.m. local time. Now let's get back to Abel Ebenezer. Micah, I want to talk to you about New Hampshire's beer scene overall. But before that, I made an observation here. We just poured your uh, another one of your beers, Victory Nor Defeat, your double IPA. Yep. And I know this is pretty clear. And it made me think we got two IPAs from a brewery in New England, and neither one of them were They're hazy. Not hazy. There was no lack in them. Or do you do any uh, hazy Northeast IPAs? 
We do. We have one called Glory Not the Prey. It's a fan favorite at the brewery. It's you know very popular. And then we actually do a, a New England rotating series where we're always changing okay. up the hops or we might change up the yeast a little bit. And uh, that one, the next one now is going to be Ingenuity number 10. So just having a good time with that. But you know, being a California guy, I, I was definitely of the breed that if your beer was cloudy, it was bad. So, sure. yeah. Um, yeah. you know, going into it, these are our two flagship beers from the, the earlier days, but people still like them. And something about victory nor defeat that I think people, if they're just basing their judgment of the beer off the way it looks, you know, it, it looks clear, but it has a water profile of a New England IPA. So it's going to have more of a rounded, softer that feel to that it. it has. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Right. Is that a rarity these days in in, uh, in New Hampshire, uh, a beer that's this clear that's an IPA? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, everything is cloudy now. Yep. Okay. So. Everything, okay. For the, everything yeah, for the most now. part. That's yep. a beer All name. the skies are that's gray. That's a beer name. Everything that's, is cloudy now. That's right. That's, right. that's a beer name right <laughs> it, there, man. It's winter in New England, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fun to look around uh, geographically the u.s has its own beer styles that are of course i mean everybody knows the northeast ipa and that but that kind of has permeated the whole country but right. uh there was a fellow that moved to the atlanta area from california and he come and he's like man you guys have got a lot of sour beers here a lot of like kettle sours and that that's right and that's something we mm. we do have a really good we do. supply of berliners gozes fruited berliners the you know the the, the milkshake styles and all that so and for a while right. we had our own interesting hybrid version of like west coast and new england ipas yeah where they were kind of clear but they were kind of juicy and that it's, was we've just those no, of our brewers not yeah. knowing what they were doing <laughs> yeah. that's like with any trend when the when the trend first hit here people had to figure it out yeah and that's the same thing happened when brood ipa started brian the, that's the, true yes the first few brood ipas that were that we got here in georgia didn't really fit the profile of a brood IPA. Super effervescent so. West Coast IPAs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not quite but, uh, nailing it. Absolutely, but uh, Mike, well, you guys you down know. there, you guys have Mitch Steele now, right? We he's do have Mitch Steele here. We yeah, sure do. Yeah, New Realm. So yeah, he knows what he's doing. He's kind of the he does the Godfather of IPAs there a little bit. Yeah, so. we actually his Oktoberfest won our Oktoberfest blind tasting. We had, what was it, 11, Brian, that we blind tasted? Yes. I think, and New Realms Oktoberfest caught Bav the Bavarian, Bavarian Prince. Bavarian Prince. Fantastic, yeah. And they just, either they just released or they are soon, their Mexican stout, the Oaxaca Chaka. Oaxaca Chaka, And that's yes. just fantastic. That so, was that was delightful. And yeah. yes, I was also excited to see that coming back. Yeah, Indeed. so it'll be good. That'll be fun to get He knows into. his way around some hops, too. He does. He yeah. knows a thing or two, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because uh, I was on a beer forum and someone was, uh, you know, kind of talking trash about Pliny the Elder. Oh, and I was like, yes. no, that yeah. was what got me into beer. Like, that was it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, how can you guys do that? But, you know, it's the, the, the clear beers. They're... Uh, you know, it's not what it used to be. Well, that's, I saw someone talking on a forum. I don't remember the beer. I really wish I did, but it was like an IPA that came out like three years ago. And they said something to the effect of, it's like, well, we've got to go back and look at the beers that paved the way for IPAs like, like Tropicalia 
or something like that. And I'm like, man, they've they, <laughs> they've missed a couple of decades. Seriously, here. but you think about That's it, a 21 year old, whatever he's drinking to him, that is. But they, you know, they they skip the Sierra Nevadas and they skip the Plinies. We had True. Mike just the other day. Nathan brought in. He brought in a uh, Pliny for president. The he did. It's yes. the DDH version of Pliny. Is that right? Oh, nice. I haven't had that yeah. one. Man, it was so it's so good. It's and so great. You know what? Yes. When we drank it. Uh, I it reminded me again. Pliny is just a fantastic classic IPA. You know, it's just Absolutely. such a. You know, no matter what anybody wants to say about it on the internet, it's a great example of the style and what it did in its time was and is still amazing it seems like madness that you would even have to protect or defend sure Pliny right just now. I, I just I, blow it off I, just like, you don't know what you're talking about well don't it's worry. funny because i went i went to college up in uh, sonoma county and we used to go to russian river brewery because we thought the pizza was good and this is before social media and facebook right and, you know with the ranking of all the best breweries where it's like we just like the food and yeah the beer's good and it's high in abv and it gets us you know messed up so we're happy you know we're just college students Good but pizza, good it, beer, man. I yeah, love nowadays, that story. I went to Russian River for the pizza. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I tried to go back there. You needed like reservations to sit at the bar. You're like, oh my gosh. Like, like, I guess this secret's out. See, that's like the beer nerds version of the people that say, oh, I read Playboy for the articles. Or the articles. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, here, I'm here for the pizza. I'm here for the pizza. <laughs> All due respect, I, I think the pizza was better than the beer back in the day. But... Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, talking about these geographical differences and that, you're in New Hampshire now, and I, I did a little research, and I saw that uh, statewide New Hampshire has over 90 breweries now, and the best I could see, the population is just over 1.3 million. And yep. heck, here in the Atlanta metro, we've got like 6 million people and statewide 10 million in Georgia. And we've mm-hmm. got, I think, about 110, 120 breweries here statewide right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's doubled just in five years. So with 90 breweries in that, in that small of an area and with, you know, with a million people, does it feel crowded there yet? It's starting to a little bit. You know, most of the breweries that open up aren't that big. I've noticed in New England, especially in New Hampshire, it's very town centric. So the town is going to have its brewery and, you know, people, if you ask them like, oh, where in New Hampshire are you from? They're going to give the very specific town that they're from. So it, it's it's like this hyper local thing going on. So I'm not sure how it is in Georgia, but it's interesting that you guys brought up that point because one of the reasons why my business partner and I decided to start a brewery in New Hampshire was because of how unsaturated it was. We were actually the 19th brewery in New Hampshire. And when I left San Diego at the time, there was 150 breweries in San Diego alone. But like you said, it's relative to the population. So now New Hampshire is becoming one of the most densely populated, you know, breweries per capita regions in the whole country, which is crazy to think about. So absolutely exploded. So, you know, we see a lot of collaboration here in Georgia, but we don't have quite the the, the volume of breweries per The per density person. there, the right? Density, the yeah. density. Do you see as much of a like a collaborative spirit? Do you have a lot of people working together there in New Hampshire? Not a ton, but it is something that we started to do this year, you know, especially after COVID with, you know, some places struggling or, you know, maybe it's just more of a we're all in this together mentality. So... We actually uh, started a new collaboration beer brand called Team of Rivals. So it'd be like Team of Rivals with X Brewery. And our first one, we did it with a meadery. And so we incorporated honey into the beer and it was a huge hit. It was awesome. Honey into a beer. That's 
you know, collaborating with a metery, are you even rivals at that point, or like you're just kind of adjacent? You're a team of rivals. Team, Brian. Oh, yeah. We covered this. We covered okay. this. All right. All right. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm slow on the uptake. I'm just yeah. catching up here. So, yeah. yeah it's long... Well, it's a little bit. Yeah. It, it was actually kind of a playoff of, uh, especially what's happening politically, because the team of rivals is a book about uh, Lincoln, you know, in the times of the Civil War, about, you know, he brought in the best people for the job, even though they're, they were technically rivals of his. So we thought that was just kind of a fun play on the times. And we're obviously all competing for the same thing, shelf space. Yeah. So, If I remember correctly, Lincoln and Washington took their axes and went to New Hampshire and helped their buddy Ebenezer take down some trees. That's right. That he had something there. like that. Yeah, I think that's, that's right. He, they could not tell a lie about accurate. chopping down those yeah. trees. And that's they right. the ships that they took to get there when they got out of them, they burned them. They burned them. Oh, yeah. With, they did. with the bald yeah, eagle too. overhead. That's, that's right. right. Just flying yeah. around there. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> funny. There's actually a movie out called, I think it's uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Yes, there or is. Something like that. <laughs> just just total craziness there. That's right. Oh, We're man. in that. No, I'm just kidding. See? Absolute lunacy, man. Good stuff. <laughs> well, you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're off the rails here, but we're going to be back very soon with more from Abel Ebenezer Brew. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I believe you have my stapler. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Now let's get back to Abel Ebenezer Brewing Company. Mike, uh, we want to talk to you some about something that's kind of interesting. We love talking about the the beer laws, what you can and can't do from state to state. We know it varies everywhere. Um, we had a little bit of a victory i'll say here in georgia the silver lining of the pandemic uh our retailers are going to be able to do home delivery uh they'll be able to do now unfortunately breweries and uh mike the way it's licensed here our breweries and brew pubs are licensed differently brew pubs fall under retailers so they will be able to deliver breweries will not so baby steps but anyhow the laws like there you you mentioned you self-distribute is that correct yeah so we do self-distribute and it's one of those things that the first couple of years we only did keg beer and so we were kind of fighting over tap handle space and then in the last three years we started canning and that's been great getting on shelf space and in stores but since uh COVID happened actually an interesting thing that happened was we're able now to sell directly to the end consumer at their home so before COVID we weren't allowed to sell you know, just someone's doorstep. But since we already had the delivery vehicles in place, we kind of had the, you know, the apps we needed and the the way to track where beer was going already. So we essentially just changed the addresses from beer stores to homes. 
and we're able to pivot pretty quickly during uh, the whole COVID shutdown. So how much differently would things have gone for you? Because you distribute 100% yourself. If you had to go through a distributor, could you have done what you have done? No, I don't think so. Absolutely not. And it's tough because I I feel like you're always playing the distributor's game. So before when we're, we're going to restaurants, it's you're always competing for that tap handle space. You're always competing for the shelf space. You're never getting the good spot on the shelf. You're either really high or you're really low because you're not, you don't have any of that buying power. But with the end consumer, they know us, you know, in some respects, they know us personally. And so people, I think, feel comfortable coming to us and knowing that, you know, we'll just show up to your house and give you some beer. So it's an awesome product delivery. But, you know, honestly, if you're talking about a distributor, like they can't touch that. So how far does your home delivery go? Do you go to Atlanta? <laughs> right. i'll place an order man we'll place an can order. you make a special exception for, right us. for us right bring it that's bring it right. to the house man bring it to, i'll make you a sandwich i'll hook that's you up right. so, yeah. <laughs> possibly well, some mean, sauerkraut yeah, too yeah it's you know it's something talking about the self-distribution and that and, and we even have some weird laws like we have where you can do direct sales now and we've just started having certain breweries that have more than one location but there's some odd laws, and I don't know all the details, so I won't try and chop into it. But with transferring beer from one brewery to another, even under the same ownership. And so it limits the abilities of what these breweries can do because of the transfer laws. So it's just something, and you know, we saw when we passed the law here in Georgia to allow own premise sales we had a boom of breweries. I mean, it was really good for the industry. And we do have a few that are just doing the own variant that we talked about, the snake money that was one of our beers. Yes. They send very limited kegs out to some special accounts in that, restaurants or bars and that. But packaged in that, you can only get it at the brewery, you know, and that right. served them extremely well there. And they were ones that through the pandemic, something that was good for them was they had a very loyal local customer base that kept going and, and getting beer from them. So it was pretty, pretty cool stuff. You know, I will say, like, as far as number-wise, during the shutdown, it, it, it obviously hit us or hit everyone really hard in April and May. May was the largest volume distribution or actually the largest volume production and distribution we've ever had. See? Crazy stuff. So, you know, small sample size, but, I mean, there it is. It's it, It's the best month we've ever had. So. I was going to ask because I, I've heard similar things like it's it's up and down depending on the uh, the brewery to brewery. But some have had a phenomenally good like curbside and delivery type of situations where it outperforms what n- normal sales would be because of the situation. People can't go to a bar and have it. So they're hitting up the uh, the brewery directly. So it sounds like it's. Yeah oddly actually kind of beneficial for you guys at this point it's definitely a nice fallback especially you know we're we're going back into the winter time we're not sure you know with outdoor seating with restaurants especially in new england with the winters how is that going to impact that you know our restaurants going to shut down again things like that so it's nice to know that people are willing and comfortable to go directly to the brewery and get something delivered to their house and, you know, we offer, you know, if you if you order by 5 p.m., you're going to get beer that day. And that's an awesome service. Like, I would love to have that. I actually live in Massachusetts, and it's like, I can't even get that. So, you know, it's nice to offer something that I would want. Like, that's interesting that you're talking about, you know, people coming and getting from the, from the brewery and that. We're seeing that here. As a matter of fact, people pulled out quite a bit buying gift cards and things. And I saw you actually had someone buy a pretty large gift card, right? Yeah, we had a customer come in. Because uh, they knew we were short on cans. I, I mean, that's probably what it is. But they came in and bought a $2,000 gift card right off the bat. And they're like, go buy your cans. See? 
Wow. And yeah. you're set now and they're set in the future then. That works out, right? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, you always think you're doing something nice in the community, but when someone does that and they're putting their money where their mouth is, you're just like, right. you know, it's a huge vote of confidence and it's yeah. it's a it's a good kind of pressure of I got to keep going and I I can't, you know, feel sorry for myself for too long. You know, I, I got to get back to work. So burn the ships and go, right? That's right. Burn the ships and go. Absolutely. So I think dude was trying to buy a lifetime subscri- subscription to your to beer, beer, you know, unofficially. <laughs> there you go. I mean, Hey, whatever you want to do. But you know, it is an industry, Mike, where people get connected. They feel an attachment. They feel part of a brewery. And uh, I think that's one of the awesome things about it. Your neighborhood yeah. brewery is not just, you know what? I don't have any connection to McDonald's. I don't have any connection to, you know, the, the, the public's grocery store on the corner and that, but, uh, my brewers, sure, man, I feel that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, everyone wants their third place. Everyone wants to feel like they're uh, yeah, part of something, right. you know? So it's, it's just part of it. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm always told I'm third place, so, third place. Yeah, I Brian, feel natural you're, you're everywhere. Very good yeah. with all of that. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm so good with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't even tell you how many groups of friends we've made or like jobs that have been, sure. you know, created just from the, customer base at the tap room it's insane absolutely i mean i've done a ton of networking through beer for you know the day job and other things that i've done i you know it's a powerful network you can get a lot of stuff accomplished there so talking about the beers and that an interesting article actually came out uh in the atlanta journal constitution our paper today written by uh you know uh, bob townsend good good friend of ours but he was mentioning that uh he talked to a lot of the brewers in georgia and the core beers People are returning to the cores, man. Maybe that's Ooh, that's what it is. You know, everybody's loved their their hazies and their one offs and all that, but uh, core beers and you know we talked about it just a little bit earlier, uh, Mike. But you mentioned you've got kind of an experimental one off project called the Ingenuity Project, correct? That's right. Yeah, you know, going back to the New England IPAs, that that's definitely a trend that we're seeing, and it's fun for us because I want to say our business model is very core oriented. We only have twelve beer brands. And two of those are uh, changing brands, including the Ingenuity. So it's one of those things that it keeps it exciting for the customer coming in because they're like, all right, it's it's the same brand. We know what kind of style we're going to get, but the taste is going to be different. And then for the people that work at the brewery, it's just more exciting to be able to come to work and try out different types of hops and just have a good time with it, which is why we got into beer in the first place. So I'm curious about that series. I saw that it was all New England style IPAs, the hazies, if you will. And yep. uh, are there a lot of adjuncts in play? Is it purely just changes in hops or do you kind of mix in some other stuff in in there are there like milkshake chocolate coffee banana cognac new england ipas or is it just new england ipas i mean now there will be now that you said that but there uh, you go boom yeah right. uh please we've done one with deliver to atlanta yeah <laughs> i mean we've we've uh we tried different yeast strains because obviously you guys know that yeast can change the flavor of a beer as much sure, as anything absolutely. else absolutely and so it's been fun for us and even the techniques of dry hopping at certain times or, you know, different procedures like that, it's given us a flexibility because when you come out with a core brand, restaurants and people want that to be the same all the time. But if something is going to be changing, it's kind of nice to be able to experiment with something. And that's the exciting feature. And the change isn't going to be something that's detrimental. You know, people are looking forward to that as opposed to, oh, this one tastes a little bit different than the last time I had it. 
Right. Yeah. That's uh we've got a brewery here, Wild Leaf, that does what they call their alpha abstraction series. Sure. And they're what are they on? They're on nine or ten now or something. Oh, they're on like right? twelve or thirteen. So, is, is it fourteen? I now? can't keep up with yeah. these numbers, Mike. There's just too many. But they've but, done yeah. Sabro. What was the one that had the bourbon barrel? Like an oh, oak I and bourbon. It, it was an and HBC vanilla. Hop, yeah. But I forget which one it was. Yeah, there, that was so. that was great. Yeah. So, you know, if people want to keep up with what's happening with Abel Ebenezer, where should they go? You just go to abelebenezer.com. And you'll learn about beer. You'll learn about American history. You know, all our beer brands have a, a story behind it. So, yeah, that's really the best place okay. to go. AbelEbenezer.com. Yep. Awesome. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Join us next week as we talk to another one of our local breweries, Brian. We're going to have Steady Hand Beer Company on Ooh. here. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. And don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Duke's Mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Dukes. It's got twang.